Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Good evening. You're listening to Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy another episode of our show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Juneteenth episode of Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. Um, in Galveston, Texas, on this day in 1865, uh, residents uh, the Union Army arrived down in that in Galveston, Texas, with General Order Number Three, let the slaves know that they were free some two, almost two and a half years from the time that uh, it was declared to be so, as of January first, 1863. So, I guess Galveston, Texas took their time and missed the memo and tried to hide from everything else. But it's a six-man Dean Geronimo. And from NJ to NC, I'm in the studio with my right-hand man, Mark Lee. So, Mark, tell me what's good in your neck of the woods, my brother. Well, you know, I thought I was going to be doing a Juneteenth activity at the Haytai Hater Center, but apparently that was a miscommunications and all of that. So that did not okay. happen on this particular day. But that's all right. I might just get out and do some other activities and things of that nature. And of course, it is Father's Day, so I got a chance to spend some time with my pops. We went over to Loco Pops, which is a very popular ice cream joint that's around here and all of that. Okay. So got a chance to share some ice cream with pops and enjoy that. He was really enjoying it. And of course, we were conversating about different things, including talking to his lady love about how sometimes uh, people are acting like this pandemic is over and that we are uh, post-COVID. And as she was putting it, uh, she's not 100% sure behind all of that because, you know, you got people that are having events and they're not doing COVID protocols, just saying, you know, come in, uh, you know, mask at your own uh, discretion and, you know, definitely right. you know, not even asking people to show uh, vaccination cards or a number of other things. So some people are wondering about that, just like they're wondering about this hybrid atmosphere and things along those lines. So uh, definitely some people are wondering, you know, about this whole thing being over and not over. And I, for one, am one of those people that are thinking that we still got to do some other things, including some things that I am not always that good at. He says that he looks around his house going like, well, I remember when COVID first started, they said that, you know, trying to keep your space in a clean space was a good thing. And I'm like, well, one thing I need to do is have a spring cleaning or a summer cleaning, as the case may be, and all of that. So that's going to be right. on my list of things to do over this next week is to try to put some order to this madness, because some of the madness can be fixed. Some of the order might just we have to stay in that madness kind of standpoint and all of that. But that's mm -hmm. some of the things that are going on. And, you know, some people, I heard you talking about the Juneteenth, and some people are definitely glad that we are celebrating this um, momentous occasion and all of that. But there are also some people, and I'd love to get your thoughts about this, that are worried that it's just another corporate holiday. And that while we might be getting a day off and all of that, that some of these corporations, retailers, and even local governments are struggling with how to honor the holiday, but also maybe not just make it another commercial activity. You know, Walmart apologized last month after launching a store brand ice cream labeled as Celebration Edition, Juneteenth, and following a social media backlash, 
it pulled pints from its shelves. And the Children's Museum of Indianapolis also was forced to apologize this month after it came under fire. And you're going to love this one for selling a Juneteenth watermelon salad. And last year, an Arcadia store in Atlanta drew criticism after making a special menu for Juneteenth that Black employees called insensitive with items including fried chicken, and there it goes again, watermelon. So definitely we're glad to have this federal holiday and all of that. And of course, it's right around the time of the summer travel season and all of that. And it did say that roughly 33% of U.S. companies have made Juneteenth a paid holiday, according to preliminary results from an ongoing Mercer survey, and another 11% are considering it for 20 23. So, but, you know, while I'm glad of this, you know, we got to worry about the commercialization aspect of it as well. So just as I'm going to get your comments on that, but just some comments that I heard is Eddie C. Glotti, chair of the Department of African-American Studies at Princeton University, told Axios uh, that when you live in a society like ours, there's always the danger that these sort of holidays will be observed, absorbed into a kind of market consumer-based kind of logic or experience. And Houston Mayor Sylvester Turner told Axios, you don't want to commercialize it. This is not just another day where you just take off. It's a day of freedom, of liberation for people who were once slaves and who were set free. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays in and all of that. As a matter of fact, they're even saying some companies are using Juneteenth as an opportunity for branding and community services. As a matter of fact, Power Home Remodeling, one of the nation's largest exterior home remodelers, is kicking off an inaugural Juneteenth initiative in Atlanta with a walking tour of Black historical sites and outings to Black-owned businesses. And Delta Airlines and American Family Insurance announced their participation in Unlock Potential, a racial equity-focused hiring program for at-risk youth that aims to prevent incarceration. And I know you work in the incarceration field, so those kind of things can be good things that can happen out of Juneteenth. But I am a little bit worried about the commercialization of Juneteenth, like, just like the commercialization of Mother's Day, Father's Day, well, more Mother's Day, and definitely Easter and Christmas and a number of our other holidays as well. You know what? I look at it a little different because, you know, we are sometimes emotional to a fault. You want people to know what Juneteenth is, but you don't want it to be commercialized. Yet you celebrate and make a big deal out of Kwanzaa, which was created in the mid to late 60s, maybe. Right. And you're fussing because nobody knows what it is. One is, a, you know, and we will, you look at religion, there's some that say that the most uh, highs sent his only begotten son, who wasn't born in December. Mm-hmm. So now, which way do we go? This is an actual historical event where June 1st or January 1st, 1863, it was declared that all slaves are henceforth now and forever free. Galveston, Texas, they knew about it, quite sure. They said, hell with that, we're going to do what we want to do. Until they were forced to on June 19th, 1865. Here you go, two and a half years later. Yeah, you gotta. You have to let them go. You have to pay them a wage if you are having them work for you. Slaves didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. Sharecropping comes into place. It's up to us. It's not up to you know. Oh, they're trying to commercialize it. Well, it's up to us to publicize it. Exactly. It's up to us to teach 
even those who are grown. I posted a Juneteenth flag and I got an inbox like, what is this? And I'm like, you know what? Google it. Because I don't feel like right right now, I don't feel like getting into this argument. I knew the person. I knew where it was going to go. But they had no clue of what Juneteenth was. And these are adults. Well, so you got to teach the adults first. Then you have to teach the children because these are actual events. Someone lived through this. You know, no, who, okay, you said Jesus, uh, the resurrection of Jesus when it's Easter. But Easter has become the biggest fashion show in church history. Um, <laughs> you know, you get all the candy for the kids, you do Easter egg hunts and stuff like that. So, okay. How do you how do you get mad because they made a Juneteenth ice cream? Why? Because they're not black. Because white people made it. Here we go with the bullshit. You know what I mean? Selective outrage is what I call it. Had a black person put out some Juneteenth ice cream, then everybody would be like, yo, go get the Juneteenth ice cream. Uh, Mark Lee made it, man. A black dude, man, go get his ice cream, right? Yeah. So it's almost like, damn if you do, damn if you don't. Some people are going to be happy. Some people are going to be outraged. And it's always been like that. Instead of getting down to the, the real point, let's start teaching Juneteenth. I went to an event yesterday mm-hmm. in Bordentown, which is not far from my Masonic Lodge. So, you know, they had the uh, gentleman come from the United States Colored Troops do a reenactment. Um, they had a young lady that sang, and she sang Strange Fruit. She did very well. Cool. You know, and they had a little fashion show, just little stuff there for, you know, the, it's their second annual. And they were saying, well, it's not a lot of people here. That doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Because as you start to tell people what's going on around this time of year, then they'll, they might come, they may not come. And there are others who are not black who came. So, you know, it's about teaching what Juneteenth is, the significance of the holiday. It's going to get commercialized regardless. Every holiday is commercialized. Every last one of them. New Year. What? Easter. You come into now Juneteenth. Well, Memorial Day. Let me back up. Memorial Day. Memorial Day, Fourth of July, which is Juneteenth, Fourth of July. You know, it actually this day today is our Fourth Fourth of July. That's true. You know, but it depends on how people look at it. Because some people will say, oh, you want to talk about slavery, we're going to bring that back. I went to get gas yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's, he got any plans for the night, man? It's Saturday night. I was like, I just came from this Juneteenth event. You know, I got my granddaughter with me. I'm get ready to go home, man. He was like, don't you think that they're making too much of a big deal about Juneteenth? And I was like, ooh, I can't go into it with him right now. All I want is gas, and I'm kind of sleepy. I want to go home. But I said, no, it, it is a big deal. You know, um, imagine being born. This is what I said to him. I said, imagine being on a plantation, you and I just still working, man, because if we don't, we don't work, we don't eat, and we'll probably get beat. And then someone comes and these Union soldiers come down there and we're looking and they're looking at us. And then that Major General reads that General Order Number 3 that says we are no longer slaves. And that they have to let us go. How would you feel? And he said, I don't know, man. I'd probably be happy. You know, I'm, I'd be super happy. Man, I'd be so damn happy. I said, okay. So 
that was somebody's ancestor, maybe yours, maybe mine, maybe both of us. And they were still living as though, you know, because they didn't know any different. And then the world changed all in a matter of minutes. A matter of minutes. We are supposed to teach that history. We're supposed to teach. I said, now, different places, Tulsa, Oklahoma, when they block Wall Street and all of those different things, um, you know, what happened down in Money, Mississippi with Emmett Till, all of those things we need to teach to those who you may not have lived during that time, but these things actually happen. They're not fables. They're not tall tales. They're actually historical events. And we need to start teaching that. That way, when they want to teach something in school, if we teach it the way it should be taught, we can correct the inaccuracies and the fallacies that they may have when they try to teach our history. Yeah, that's true. They can't teach our history. Some of our elders paid attention to the ancestors when they were here, and then it starts to get passed down. And now it has to get passed down. In this age now, it can be written, uh, digital, you know, Mm -hmm. those type of things, whereas before that, it was mouth to ear. And to remember an entire history you know, somebody finally put it on a tape recorder or maybe transcribed it or whatever it was. So now we have to teach our history to our children because if you don't know, and people will repeat this statement and never do it. If you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you're going. Yeah, that's real true. But they they don't practice that. It's rather, let's be outraged, let's be mad, you know what? Walmart makes billions of dollars. They're like, all right, well, we tried. Fuck it. We won't we won't say nothing else about it until we find something else we can make a dollar off of. That's yeah. a business. Yeah, it's a business. Gotta make that That's money. Gotta make that money. That's a business. And 99% of black folks go to Walmart for something. So, all right, you're not gonna buy the Juneteenth ice cream, but you're gonna buy some ice cream. You're going to leave out of there with something. Eventually, you're going to buy something out of the store. You keep going there. And then you got to bring your own bags in New Jersey. So, you know, they they changed it now. If you don't have your own bags, two bags, so sad. Good luck carrying all that crap out with you. Hmm. <laughs> and most of the play, most of the lines are self-checkout. So yeah. now not only are we selling you these items, we're calling you to bag your own crap. And ring yourself up and walk out of the store. So now I can save money on employees. Why? Because I got you doing it. But you're gonna be mad over some damn ice cream. You know, so like you have to be we have to be careful of what we raise hell on. Yeah, that's true. We gotta um, be careful of that. What we raise hell on, but yeah, some people right. have been upset about that. And I know some people are also looking at their church leaders um, asking, you know, now y'all want to talk about Juneteenth as a uh, message in your church service, but, you know, that's a good thing and definitely it's a powerful thing that needs to be done, but I do have to say that sometimes we have folks that will uh, use it as a stepping stone, maybe that one day of the week, but don't want to preach the message of uh, freedom and uh, freedom causes for the other 51 services as well. So I uh, can agree that we need to have some services that agree with Juneteenth, 
And they talk about Juneteenth. I don't think that it needs to be just a one-day message where we're preaching that on the, that one day and not preaching it on the other. So while I might commend Bishop T.D. Jakes, because he said that uh, he's definitely doing some stuff at the Potter's House in Dallas, he said that in order to protect this nation's legacy, one must acknowledge and learn from the past. And I can definitely agree with him on that. And he said that although the origin of Juneteenth commemorations begin in Texas is vital, we all must remember when liberty and justice is delayed or denies, it causes traumatic ripples throughout future generations. And he added, as we collectively stop to acknowledge and learn from the delayed liberties of our nation's ancestors, we must not allow those same systems to repeat the injustices. So that's a good message. I just hope that he's doing that on the rest of the year and that it's not just uh, a one-time event. And it's not just him, but it's other folks that sometimes will talk about what they're gonna do for the homeless or what they're gonna do for these different groups and everything, but then it kind of like falls on deaf ears. And then uh, it also sometimes happens that they don't actually carry through with the action. So I'm hoping that this is not one of them deaf ear cases or one of them cases where they're sitting there, meaning the congregation is having deaf ears, or one of them cases where the powers that be are talking good talk, but not actually following up with good actions and all of that. And just to let you know about another one that is going on or a couple of other ones that were going on in the country, they said in San Francisco, Grace Cathedral congregants were gonna celebrate and lament doing their service today. And actress and playwright, Anna Devera Smith was gonna deliver their morning message. Her deep knowledge and narrative accounts of uh, the school to prison pipeline and grounded Episcopal faith will guide us toward the work of emancipation today. We call that in slavery for good, ensuring that no one be subject to slavery, even as punishment for a crime, according to Reverend uh, Canon Anna E. O. E. Rosa. So, Reverend Canon Anna E. Rosa is the one that made that statement. And the last one that I'll bring up, at least in this article, is the Reverend Joshua Lawrence Lazar, associate pastor of the Church of the Covenant, a predominantly white congregation in Boston, was planning to take his sermon title from James Baldwin's book, you mean it or you don't. I will remind listeners that Christians have a duty to manifest the themes of liberation and freedom. Lazarus said, our faith requires us to be active in restoring and repairing the wrongs that stem from America's original sin of slavery. So like I said, all of this sounds good in the theory. So hopefully some of the people will listen and will actually follow through with action, whether that's church leadership or whether that's people in the congregations. And that's just some of those that were going on around the world, around the nation to be exact. Well, it, it could also be a start, um, not only with just Juneteenth, but Black History 24-7-365. Exactly. And on, on leap years, 366. You know, and, and if hopefully it'll start some, you know, I mean, you, you talk about religion, you talk about, you know, belief in a higher power when you're at church but only 81 percent of us now believe that um god exists mm-hmm. so it's, this it's and so i came well. across this yeah it, it actually fits into all of what we've been saying because this thing says the percentage, percentage, wow. yeah the percentage of americans who say they believe in god has dipped to the lowest number in the past nearly 80 years according to a new Gallup poll that was published this past Friday. Um, the Values and Belief poll was conducted from May 2nd to 22nd 
It showed 81% of people answered that they believe in God. That is down six percentage points from the 87% of respondents who said they believed in God in 2017. This year is the lowest percentage in the Gallup's trend since the public opinion polling company first asked that specific question in 1944. Wow. All right. So this year's poll found 17% of Americans said they do not believe in God. Um, you know, back in 1944 and then again in 1947, twice each in the 50s and 60s, a consistent 98% of respondents said they believe in God. When Gallup asked the question nearly five decades later in 2011, 92% said they believe in God. And then it started dropping. In 2013, it went to 87%. Um, then now 81%. It said uh, the poll found that the belief in God has plummeted in most in recent years among young adults and people on the left of the political spectrum, namely liberals and Democrats. <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you were saying that because I was actually um, watching it. It might have been an article or it might have been something I was seeing on TV or where I've got, might have been on the internet for all I remember it and everything. But it was talking about another group of people that are definitely celebrating this month as well, which is the, the uh, LGBT uh QIA population or whatever the alphabet soup is for this particular year and all yeah. of that and everything. But it was talking about um, some of the belief systems in that. And I think what I saw was actually a uh, comedian and the comedian was actually making the statement. And I don't know that everybody's going to agree, but the statement was basically um, how much Jesus actually says about that population in the Bible, and then what they did was they basically sat there in silence. Oh, it was a congressman. It was actually a congressman. He did that and everything. It was a, a California congressman because as he was reading the Bible or some of his religious books, he did not see that much conversation, particularly from Jesus, about that particular population. And there's even been some population conversation that some of the things that are now being discovered as being new might not be all that because I know I was having a conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking about this whole nation or nature of uh, transgender and uh, some of those uh, other terms that are out there. And he was saying, well, you know that those are actually in the Bible. They might just have a different name. They might be called eunuchs or they might be called different other names within it, but they actually are people that would fit in what we now call transgender and uh, things along those lines but it'll be interesting to see what our listeners have to say about that because i definitely think that like everybody we need to honor our uh everybody needs to be honored and respected and i do don't not have a problem with people even having their own individual holidays because i've even had some conversations with some friends of mine that were like saying we don't need black business expos and we don't need um like uh german holidays whether that's Oktoberfest or a number of other things and we don't need this and that and then we should all just be one unified people and in this case they were meaning america i have i personally have no problem with people celebrating their identity whatever that identity is it sounds well you know what i don't here's my issue though don't force feed it good okay you know what i mean like okay you have a day for this or your day for that whatever it is but it's now on all these shows it's on every show that you turn on. In fact, the new movie Lightyear, that mm -hmm. Pixar Disney Pixar movie, 
is banned in all Islamic countries because they have uh, two females that are kissing. You know, in the Muslim countries, homosexuality can be punishable by death. That's what they believe. That is and what I, they and believe. I, and I am not one to change their mind. No, you don't have to change their mind. Uh, nah, man. But the other question I've got to ask you about that and everything, and I've actually got to need to get in touch with Mona or uh, Mona Shakes and see if we can't get her on one of our shows we've had her on in the past. But mm-hmm. and she's definitely considered more of a uh, radical out of the Muslim culture. Definitely would not be one that would be uh, professing some of those beliefs that some of the hardliners believe and everything. Which you know, um, it also depends on how. And I hear what you're saying about the portrayal and everything, but how that kiss was portrayed. Was it portrayed as if they were um, actually in a loving relationship? Because, you know, you can kiss somebody that can be your aunt, and it might be, you know, a girl cousin kissing their aunt or something like that. So, And they no, might say that as well. I think it's more along the relationship lines of how it was how it's portrayed, as it is in a lot of these shows and movies and things of that nature. So now you have all of this stuff and it's just like, you know what, can we go back to the days where people kept their sexual preferences confined to the doors of their house? I don't care if you're heterosexual. I don't care if you're homosexual. Good people are good people. But when you try to force feed it to me, you're going to accept this. The more you see it, the more you accept. Well, that line of thinking is not always accurate because the more they see, the more they may tend to hate. So it may backfire on, you know, people. I'm saying, look, just let people live. Take all of that stuff out because now you have, and you're trying to explain to a child if something comes on television, now it comes on any time of the day. It's not restricted to after 9 o'clock. It's, you know, it's not restricted to simply cable. It's on regular TV. So now you have to answer these questions. Why are the two girls kissing or why are the two boys kissing? And it's something that, you know, now is being introduced by default to children because you're trying to force acceptance. Everybody's not going to accept it. Newsflash, people still don't accept black men. And we've been here since we were imported here in the 1600s. And everybody, (laughs) right, it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's not everybody's cup of tea, and sometimes things change in t- over time. You know, there was the, uh, I believe it was the loving case and all of that, because interracial mm-hmm. relationships were not always accepted. There are still parts of the United States where they're still not accepted. I mean, right. it's definitely uh, accepted in more places now and everything. I don't think my dad and his lady love, who is a Jewish woman, have that many eyes looking at them at this particular day. Now, they had done that back in the 60s, probably every day going, I would have been looking at them. And all of that, but you know, they met and fell in love some 25, 30 years ago. So that's a whole different mm-hmm. ball of wax and everything. But definitely, uh, it is very much not the um, was not the norm. And like I said, we did have the famous loving case, and there were times that even people got in trouble for allegedly even looking at a uh, white woman. You mentioned Emmett Till earlier. Right. That's all he was right. doing was allegedly looking at the woman and making a cat call and everything. And you know, there have been uh, historical documents and others that said he was nowhere even near to doing that and that he had a stutter and it, it wouldn't have even come out uh, in the way that it was portrayed as him doing because apparently he had a stuttering problem and that is something that is 
much more acceptable, meaning that people are paying attention to stutters. I mean, we got a president with a stutter, and we also are paying more attention to some of the mental aspects and um, like things like um, attention deficit disorder and uh, those kind of things that we were not paying attention to in the 60s and the 50s, and I would even argue to some degree in the 70s. But now that we're in the plainly in the 21st century, it's being more accepted and more people are paying attention to those uh, differences that we all have. Yep. And and it has to be, you know, people will choose what they want to accept and what they don't want to. Right. And like you said, interracial marriages, I was in June of 1967. Um, right. Actually, in my home state of Virginia, landmark civil rights decision of the United States Supreme Court. And they ruled that laws banning interracial marriage violate the equal protection and due process clauses of the 14th Amendment of the United States Constitution. So, you know, like, and then it said, uh, beginning in 2013, it was cited as precedent in U.S. federal court decisions holding restrictions on same-sex marriages in the United States unconstitutional, including the 2015 Supreme Court decision Obergefell versus Hodges. So, you know, it's, it's going to be something that happens and some people will accept and some people will reject. But when we get to the point where we just let people decide on their own and not attack them for what they believe. Okay, people don't believe in uh, interracial marriages. We're called racists and everything else. Now, fast forward, those who don't necessarily believe in uh, homosexual relations or any um, of the LGBTQIA plus community, then some will say, you know, they're homophobic and, and, you know, you don't like us. And you know what? Maybe I just don't like what you're doing. It's not necessarily I don't like you. But then again, when you put everything outside your front door, you set yourself up for public scrutinization. So then whose fault is that? If you had kept it inside of your confines of your personal domicile, nobody ever know. You, you know, but, nobody, would, you nobody know. would ever know, and sometimes people, uh, there may be all kinds of things going on at, in, at inside people's doors that we're not aware of. I was actually talking on one of my other podcasts to some people that are in that um, whole field of sex uh, studies and sex relations and all mm -hmm. of that, and I had brought up the fact that just looking on the internet and everything, I'm of the opinion that there is a large subset, and I do mean a fairly large subset, of people that are um, involved in all kinds of crazy things, whether that's the mm. furries, you know, the people that like to dress up in whatever furry animal they feel like being dressed up as, to a number of people that are involved in either the swinging and or a variation of it, the um, polygamy and the wife swapping categories. But most of those people, because that is not... Um, as widely acceptable, they keep that stuff into their homes and everything. Like, you know, which one of my friends are into uh, mm. SM? I really couldn't tell you. I'm sure that there are probably some that are into that, but they haven't told me and they haven't tried to pull out a whip on me and everything. So, therefore, I don't know at all of that. I haven't seen any of them, including some that might be in law enforcement, try to pull a handcuff on me and all of that. But that being said, because those are, um, pockets of people that are already seen as being on the fringe and everything, whereas some of those in the 
other parts of the LGBT community is considered almost normal and everything. I don't think that they are as uh, hidden as some of those people in the fringe element. But, you know, like I said, I couldn't tell you which one of my friends there are trying to, you know, have whips and bonds or trying to handcuff somebody because it ain't something that you're really going to ask a uh, close friend unless they just want to divulge that information to you and everything. So, like I said, I might have a friend that likes to get, you know, bullwhip for all I know and everything. <laughs> they haven't told me and I haven't seen the scar marks, then how would I know? And most people stay fully dressed in their work environments. And plus, many of us are not working from an office. So it's not like I would see the uh, marks unless they were in a, uh, you know, an open place. Like, you know, they get right. and they're wearing short sleeves and they've been getting whole like straps on their arm, you might notice that. But you know, a lot of the other stuff, their body's covered. How the heck would I know? Right. And sometimes you wouldn't know unless they tell you. Exactly. You and would not know. We, we, I think we need to go back to that. We need to go back to not telling so much, looking for acceptance for everything. Doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what race, color, creed, nationality, sexual orientation you have. Some stuff we need to just keep out of the public because it's nobody else's business. And when we go back, maybe we get that right. Yeah, maybe we can go back to that kind of philosophy. I mean, like I said, I got friends in that population. I got no problem with that. If that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do. And I'm not going to argue with them on that and everything, even though I do think it is funny sometimes that one of the... uh, straight males fantasies and it's one of the greatest fantasies of many straight males is that they're going to turn a um lesbian woman by and everything and i'm going like no if they're bi then you might get with them because that's what bi implies but if they're lesbian i don't really think you're gonna yeah, flip she's, like <laughs> she's not changing good luck with that fellas find something else to do find, find, find another find something. yeah find, find, find something find better to think of that just won't work yeah, find another hobby. That's not gonna work, no matter how good you, you, no matter how good you think you are, and all that. You need to find another hobby. You know, I was actually thinking because my talking to my uh, younger brother and some other friends, and there's this group of folks that like to bike, and they like to bike popping wheelies and doing stuff. And sometimes it can be considered to be hazardous because sometimes they might even want to do it on highways and things of that nature. And you know, but there was a thing that there was a time that we didn't want everybody to have their seatbelts on. And all along those lines, and then we got those seatbelt laws. So I'm just wondering, what are your thoughts about, because I'm sure it even goes on in the big cities as well, uh, definitely around New York and New Jersey and places, and definitely here in the Carolinas. But I was wondering what your thoughts are to some folks that might be putting themselves at risk by wanting to uh, go out there and, you know, pop these willies and all of that and could be placing themselves in the danger because they want to uh, show their... Uh, abilities uh, on those bicycles and show that they are quote-unquote the man. Good luck to them. <laughs> and here's my thing. You know, we we try to put all of these laws and rules in place and say, you know, you need to do this and you need to do that. But honestly, if you want to go out there and you hurt yourself by doing all that, good luck. But what you about know? like those that want to do helmets? Because, you know, that part of that helmet rules is because People didn't want to see people bust up their heads, so they made like mandatory 
helmet rules. And I'm kind of like you. If you want to go down that bicycle and not wear the helmet, I don't know that I think that you need to be punished. You need to be warned about it, just like you need to be warned about the risk with not wearing a mask. But if you want to be a foolish person and go out there and not wear the mask, how, how can I control that? Just like how can I control you wearing a helmet? But you're in law enforcement. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. If you want to go and crack your skull, your skull will get cracked. And, and you know what? It, it's like people make I'm not going to go crazy because you decide to ride a motorcycle without the protective gear and you have to lay your motorcycle down and in the process, skin up your whole body. That is your fault. If you drive a vehicle and you don't put on your seatbelt and you get in an accident and you fly through the windshield, that is your fault. You know what I mean? If you are riding, say, like, Back in the days, we used to ride in the back of the pickup trucks and stuff like that. Yeah, because when we grew up with houses with lead paint and, you know, folks chain smoke cigarettes in the car with the windows rolled up. So, you know, we were exposed to a whole lot of different things that they're not exposed to now. But if you ride on the back of a truck and it says, you know, you shouldn't be in the back of that unless you're inside of a camper and somebody's driving without the seatbelt on and y'all flip over and all of y'all go to heaven on the express trip. That is your fault. I, I'm at the point, man, I can't get mad. I'm going to put my seatbelt on just in case because other people are not um, always not careful or yeah. courteous and they're kind of like out there doing their own thing. So to protect myself, I'll put my seatbelt on. You don't have to put yours on. If we get just, you know, just don't fly through your windshield and mine. <laughs> I know that's right. That's, you know, that's speaking, how, of, speaking of crazy rules and everything, I really got to hear what you got to say about this because, you know, we've been having this whole debate. We brought it up on a couple of our other shows about uh, gun rights and all of that. Well, you know, there's a state not that far from North Carolina. It's called Ohio. And they, and you actually, me and my brother brought it up to me earlier today. They have now said that the teachers can bring guns to classes after just, and I want you to hear this, 24 hours of training. Is that enough training to learn how to operate a gun? And what do you think about Ohio teachers being able to bring the guns? Because apparently the Ohio governor has signed this into uh, law, uh, making it easier for teachers and school staff to carry their guns and all of that. So what's your thoughts and what are your thoughts about 24 hours of worth of training? It takes more than 24 hours. <laughs> However, it doesn't take uh it doesn't take a long, long time, but they need to not only know gun safety, they need to know how to take that weapon apart, put that weapon back together, what each part of that weapon does and its use in relation to, um, you know, it being put together. They also need to have some qualifications as far as, you know, if you go, you must qualify with at least an 80% on a shooting range in order to carry that weapon because then at that point they will learn how you know little things like line of sight and, and stuff like that where the average person just picks up a gun points clicks and shoot it's not a mouse it's not it's not a computer you know center mass a lot of people you know they haven't really fired weapons when they say why don't the police just shoot them in the arm or shoot them in the leg and you know what, if I shoot you in your leg, your femoral artery is uh, one of the larger arteries in your body. That bullet clips that, guess what? You're going to bleed to death. You probably die anyway, but at the same time, I have a better chance of hitting you with center mass, which is the center of your belly from left to right. Little things that they need to 
be knowledgeable of how many pounds of pressure does it take to pull a trigger? How much finger do you use when you put, you know, you just don't grab the whole thing and put your entire finger in there. And it's just little things, nuances and things like that, that they need to know, be tested in and certified and qualified in. And then, you know what? If it's to protect the babies, man, you it'll keep some fool from running up in a school and the police officers chilling on the outside like, yo, we waiting for SWAT while he's in there killing people. If it'll save the babies, I'm not mad at it. Carry those weapons because you know what? Police don't stop crime. They respond to it. And once people realize, oh, the police are going to stop. By the time the police show up, the crime has already occurred. Now, you can have them sitting out of the school if you want to, but I mean, hell, dude ran from the police officers that ran up in the school and killed those kids, and they didn't do nothing to nobody. And apparently there was, a, my brother was telling me, apparently there was a school resource officer in that particular school and everything, and we do know that most of the school resource officers around the country are actually either uh, current police officers or sheriff deputies, or they are past uh law enforcement officer. So he definitely had some law enforcement training, but apparently, um, I don't know if he wasn't on that side of the uh, school or what happened in that regard, but they did say that there was. Yeah, he ended up getting killed because he was trying to defend and protect those who were in the school with him. And unfortunately lost his life, you know what I mean? And meanwhile, the police are out there playing, whose turn is it? You know what I mean? So that's crazy. As far as that, as far as that training, the law, according to the uh, some of the media outlets, was saying that it would change the number of required training hours needed for school personnel to carry a gun. Originally, seven hundred hours—that sounds more reasonable—of training was required. And with the signing of the new law, school personnel who want to be armed will have to undergo twenty hours of first aid training as well as four hours of on scenario-based training, so they don't even have to have actual gun training. And additionally, with the new law, those members of the school staff who do decide to arm themselves in the classroom will be subject to eight hours of annual qualification training. So it sounds like part of this training is actually going to be what to do after you shoot the person, because this is going to be around the first aid aspect of it. Well, the first aid aspect and also whether it's going to be determined whether it was a reactionary and you tried to help them or whether you just murdered a person in cold blood. Because if you plan on killing them, yeah, you're going to just shoot them and kind of walk away or run away or whatever you're going to do. But when you try to render that assistance to them, even though if you make that right, if you shoot the right way and make the shot this is an accurate shot. They're going to probably die anyway. But at the same time, you know what? Help them, help them in those last seconds because it's going to be not long before they bleed to death, you know? Yeah, that's true. And I know we got some of the serious topics to talk about, and one of them is a somewhat serious topic, but I do have to ask you this, uh, Dean, and everything. Uh, you think the animal kingdom is going to really get start getting pissed at us because, you know, we keep blaming them for everything. Because when COVID first came, we blamed the, whatever that monkey was and everything. And now there's supposed to be monkeypox. And now apparently there is a new virus that apparently we're blaming the wild birds. So apparently this has to do with like some of our wild birds and maybe even some of the seagulls and everything. But they're saying that this year's outbreak of the H5N1 virus has resulted in the death of nearly 400,000 wild birds. What 
worldwide, and scientists are studying the pathways of contingent among those species. And I know I mispronounced that, but y'all know what I meant. And everything, <laughs> and everything along those ways and everything. But I'm thinking, you know, if I'm like in the animal kingdom, I mean, well, technically, yes, humans are in the animal kingdom, but, but if I'm in the other parts of the animal kingdom, I'm going to be really starting to get pissed that y'all keep blaming us for everything. So like I said, first it was the monkeys, and now it's the monkeypox, and I think it was the chimpanzees when COVID first came out, and now y'all are going to start blaming the birds. So it's like, after a while, if I'm these other species, I'll be like, can't y'all just leave us alone? Can't y'all just admit that some of this might be on y'all as well as some of y'all's mistakes? Because, like I said, if I'm sitting there as a bird, I'm not going to be too pleased with y'all blaming me. Well, you notice they blame everything that can't talk back. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And and they they have a tendency to do that because now it's like, oh, well, this is here. And all of these things are either they've been here for a while and you just gave them a new name or you've been creating them and put them in the atmosphere to see what happens when people come in contact with it. No, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but damn. All of this stuff at one time, well, maybe those are the plagues that have been talked about in the Bible. Hmm. We're not Could sure. Be. Could, Could be. it be? Could it be? You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where they're all happening back to back to back. And you either go run and hide and pray it bypasses you, which you probably won't, or take precautions on how to stay healthy so that you don't get it yeah and life goes on you know i mean like you said earlier we got to the point now where indoor dining is normal somewhat again they mm -hmm. still put those spaces in between those tables in a lot of places but you can go inside you can sit down you can have a meal and you're not required to keep your mask on while you're eating not at all you can go in stores now. It says, please wear masks. It didn't say mask mandatory. This is where the words change. You know, it says, please wear a mask. If you don't, they're not going to kick you out. You know, you go to events, <laughs> conferences, conventions, all of those are getting back to some type of normalcy. I know at my job, we have to still take uh, the COVID test once a week, but you know, everything else is, is, you know, and we also have, um, if you're in an office by yourself, you don't have to have a mask on. But when you come out to the common areas like the hallways and stuff like that, you have to put your mask on. I was like, all right, a small price to pay. I'll be all right. You know what I mean? And a lot of venues now are looking at uh, still limiting the population. So like I said, they will let people in, but I think that there are quite a few venues that are still doing 50% or maybe even less in some places because they still want to have spacing going on. But you're right, they're not requiring the mask and they're not requiring a lot of other things. But I guess they're still trying to uh, limit how many people can be in the space. And there are still some people in certain uh, age groups and certain uh, conditions that are staying away from events until they feel a lot safer. And who knows, that may never happen in the rest of uh, their <laughs> lifetime, depending on what's going on and what they're facing and all along those lines. So, yeah, that's definitely the case. But, you know, there's another thing that's been happening, and we heard about it at the beginning of COVID, and we're still hearing about it, 
um, is these lovely hate crimes. So definitely it looks like there is another case involving hate crimes, this time in New York City. So the woman accused of pepper spraying several women while making anti-Asian comments in New York earlier this month is facing multiple charges, including three counts of third-degree assault as a hate crime, according to a criminal complaint. So Madeline Barker, 47, was arraigned on Saturday night, according to a spokesperson for the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, and her next appearance is slated for Thursday, June 23rd. And uh, definitely she's being represented by legal aid, and definitely she's facing all kinds of uh, crimes around hate crimes and all along each wow. of those things, because apparently... Uh, each of the, um, the witnesses and each of the victims, I guess it was, told detectives the woman used pepper spray, hitting three of them, but missing the fourth, and stated something to the effect of, why don't you go back to your country? So mm. she spray painted, sprayed pepper spray in them and asked them to go back to their country and all along those lines. So do you think we're going to see more of these hate crimes, whether it's against African-Americans or whether it's against Asians or whether it's against our Latin brothers and sisters, are we just heading toward more of a uh, divided country with more of these hate crimes popping up and everything It's more and more people are threatened by the fact that they are no longer in control because we do know that the uh, society in general and definitely around the world and even here in the United States is becoming a uh, more multicultural and definitely even a browner and a blacker society. So you think that wearing some of these powers that be and therefore they are more susceptible to doing things like what they did with the January 6th insurrection and what this mm. young lady apparently did in New York City. It, based on a number of people just in the United States alone, I would say that this is an incident of white fear right. for those in that and for that small subsection of individuals who have a fear that, oh, in a few years, we're not going to be the dominant race and all this stuff. But like I've always said, they're more Quakers than Klansmen. Right. So are we moving towards a more divided country? I don't think so. Because there, there are times now that people are starting to realize that good people are good people. And, you know, there's always going to be that subsection of a class of people who were taught hate, hate was passed down to them and who will still continue to practice it. But as numerically, statistically, mathematically, I don't think that they are the majority. They they lost that a long time ago. They're just coming to the realization that they lost it and it scares them to death. So now, you know, they, they pick on individuals who they believe they can pick on. You know, they don't do it to everybody. But they figure if it's almost like the predator prey type deal. If I believe that you're weaker than I am, then I'm going to harass you or attempt try to intimidate you. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Definitely see where they might be trying to do that kind of thing and everything. What on the international front, are we ever gonna see an end of this war in Ukraine? Because it seems like it's gonna be going on forever. Like I said, we were in Afghanistan for quite a bit of time ourselves, and it don't look like this war is going to end anytime soon. I think Putin might have made a serious miscalculation as to what he thought those folks in Ukraine were going to do. Maybe he just thought they were going to roll over or something like that, but that seems to be a serious miscalculation. And now uh, it looks like it could be some serious uh, trouble, and he might not uh, 
be out of that war maybe until 2025 at this rate or maybe even 2030 because it does seem like this is in for the long haul and all of that or maybe that was his plan in since the beginning here we go in somebody else's damn business we just do it all the time you know what i mean like i don't know the ukrainians and when this war first started they were showing you know pictures of how the africans that were over there were being treated horribly by the Ukrainians. I don't ever remember hearing any horrible treatment, or maybe I missed it, by Russians to the black individuals who are in their country. Nor have I ever heard of Russia ever invading or going over to Africa to try to take the resources that were there. It's almost like can y'all get out of it so our gas prices can go back down? We need those gas prices to go back can down. Can you open up that pipeline that you shut down so our, our gas prices can go back down? Don't tell me about giving another billion dollars in aid, whether it be weapons or money, to the Ukrainians when we have all those problems that I always keep fussing about right here in this country. So should I feel bad for them? No. Hopefully they'll either give up this this little fight over who knows what. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> get y'all together. Run away. Do something. Just get on my damn nerve. It doesn't yeah, make they, sense. Yeah, that's that's real true. And apparently there's also a shortage of uh, child care that's going on as well because they're saying that some states are trying to fix that. So, you know, a lot of people were trying to Fix what was going on in child care. And I know that my dad's uh, lady love was saying that she saw something she'd never seen before. And dad was with her at that time. And he agreed he hadn't seen it either in decades, if ever, in their life, which was a help wanted sign at a post office. So definitely it looks like even the post office is having a hard time finding uh, people to fill their jobs as well. So we know restaurants are in trouble in terms of finding work. We now are hearing that child care is in trouble. And now I'm learning that uh, postal workers are. Uh, also in need of some uh, people to fill their jobs as well. Are folks still waiting for that other check, or are they going to ever go back to work, or are they just content with hybrid work? Or you know what? <laughs> I hope they don't get what else. What else are you going to raise, man? You're getting the stimulus checks back and the gas prices now, so you know, like I don't. Mm -mm, no, man. No, no. I hope they don't get it. Go and work. Time to go back to work. Stop sitting down. Even if it's a hybrid joint, it's time to go back to work. It's time to stop sitting down and hand out on the government. Get up. Get out. Get something. Those who don't work, don't eat. That's how I was taught. So, you know, and they have no sympathy for us if we are out of work for, you know, a certain period of time. It's like, well, we still want our money. So, I don't feel bad for folks. It's time to get back to getting up. Like, I got to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, man, and get on to work, earn your keep, and keep gotta, it moving. Keep earning that keep. Speaking of earning that keep, what do you think about this whole abortion situation? Because it looks like that uh, ruling is going to come down maybe even this week or next week and everything. And then I guess we're just going to go back to the old days where if you were in a uh, state that is uh, – more liberal in terms of what they allow 
with abortions. You'll just have to go to those states if you're in a very restrictive state, because we do know that Texas is not going to be nice to the women of its uh, particular uh, state. And I don't think Florida is going to be all that nice, but there may there'll be certain other states that be, might be nicer and uh, certain other even cities and counties within certain states, because I know that Durham will probably be nice since the city of medicine and everything. So we're just going to have kind of like we did with the uh, sanctuary cities, where we're just going to have these different places that are a little bit going against the uh, whatever the law that the Supreme Court passes down, and that's where everybody's going to be migrating to in terms of when they needed to get the procedure. So we might have some more of those backdoor procedures, which got us in trouble the first time. Nope, leave them women alone, man. If they want to, you know, terminate their pregnancy, they have every right to do so. Leave them alone. Stop trying to tell everybody what to do with their own bodies. Like, if they want to, you know, run around and have sex, after a while, you're not going to be able to have any kids if you have too many abortions. So, hey, if that's what you want to do, you know, then do it. I, I, here we go, dipping in other shit that doesn't matter. You know what I mean? It's not like it'd be different if they were having these children, dropping them off at fire stations or hospitals or whatever, and you had all of these children that needed to go in the foster care system. There are a lot of kids that do, but however, those are parents who, they wouldn't have been able to take care of a pet rock if you gave it to them. You know, so leave these ladies alone. You, man, you cannot tell a woman what to do with her body, her hair, or her money. Get it together. Yeah, you definitely can't tell what to do with any of those things at all along those lines. And that hair thing is a whole other story because like I said, I went and got my hair cut uh, about a week and a half ago due for another one in about a half a week or a week before we get ready to do the road to the Apollo this coming Saturday, the uh, 25th. And then we got a show in July. The one in the 25th is in Kenton and the one in July is going to be in Burlington. Our first time in Burlington, we're going to actually do two shows there. But I know that my next door neighbor who is actually part of that LGBTIQ community and everything, I know that he actually does some hair and does some cutting of hair. I'm thinking he makes pretty good money because those haircuts are not cheap. And particularly if he's doing uh, braids and twists and all of that stuff. Uh, some of my lady friends have told me that they spend it anywhere from like, you know, almost a card note, three to $400, depending on what kind of stuff they're getting done. And I'm going like, I'm thinking I'm struggling to get the 25 or $30 I need for my entire hair, beard and mustache trim. And y'all talking about some, those cuts are not cheap. I'll just put it that way. But those, those women do like to be pampered, so I cannot argue with them into that bit. So if they want to be pampered, they want to spend that kind of money. I do understand. But yeah, stay out of it, dude. It's none of your business, man. Like, don't get into something that you can't get out of. That is true. <laughs> that is true. We got a couple of more minutes left. We're winding down, down, man. I did have one question before we wind down, okay. and that was your thoughts and reflections on uh, the uh, one, Mr. Curry, getting his uh, MVP finally, and the Golden State uh, Warriors winning their uh, fourth championship. I believe it is. It might be more overall, but definitely un. For Curry, it's his fourth one. And for Steve uh, Carr, the coach and everything, it's just incredible. He only needs one more, and he'll have one for every finger of his uh, both hands because he's already got five as a player, and now he's got uh, four as a coach. So he's got nine rings. That's pretty impressive. 
about to catch up with Phil Jackson, who has what Phil has what eleven, I believe. I think it's eleven. So right? you know, congratulations to them, and and now it's really you know we'll see what what the next year like for those who follow basketball, what the next year will bring, and who's going to be the contender next year. Yeah, there's already <laughs> some people that are saying that they are uh, the favorites to win again, and they do have a lot of firepower. But I know some other teams are trying to restock or make some other trades to make themselves contenders again if they were not contenders this time around i do know that uh my golden eagles have another tbt team and we've got i just saw that i think travis diener and some other uh players that did really good in the college era both for marquette and at least one or two that were playing for other teams but have some milwaukee or other kind of connections so we were the champions not last year because we lost that championship but we we're the champions two years ago so maybe we can get a, another championship because you know that overseas elite has won regularly and of course that's the whole uh basketball tournament that brought us the elam ending which they also used during the all-star game and a lot of people like seeing that in the all-star game so it's a it's a winner take all tournament and if you win it and you put your money on it because we as fans get to Put some money on it as well. You might walk away with a little bit. I think I walked away, or at least I was uh, slated to walk away with a little bit of uh, change when we did win it. So I'd like to see that happen one more time. And like I said, when I looked at the lineup, we got some pretty good players, but so do the other squads too. So it's going to be win and take all. And, you know, hopefully I'll be following my boys and they'll do well. But if they get bounced, that's what happens. That's what happens in the tournament. But we're going to pay close attention doing this i think it's between june and july with the championship sometime in july if i remember it correctly but we're gonna see how this all plays out and just like we're gonna see if serena can win that extra title she needs because she's coming out of retirement but she says she wants one more so that she can uh i think it's tie that uh record that she's going for and everything because i think she's one short of the amount of grand slams that she needs to catch up with one of the tennis legends and all of that, which is part of the reason that she came out of retirement and said that she would be competing in this year's Wimbledon. So there's still sports going on. My uh, Carolina hockey team did not make it to the finals, but I do know that uh, there is the Stanley Cup going on. As a matter of fact, I think game two was yesterday between uh, the Avalanche and the Lightning, and I don't know who won that game. I guess I should look it up really quickly and everything, but they, they still have a ways to go because no matter what it is you still got to win at least three more if not two more depending on what the results were yesterday and I'm actually looking that up really quickly to see if they're up to nothing or all along that yep uh says they close to perfect in game two so it looks like they are up to nothing the avalanche are so the lightning will need to do some serious magic because that means they got to win four out of five whereas the avalanche only need to win two out of five. So, yeah, they got, got their back against the walls and everything. So, right now, the Avalanche is looking like they are in good shape. And, of course, we've got baseball going on as well. So, I've been trying to follow my Brewers, who, I can, right, last time I checked, they were still in contention and still doing some good games. And then some other games going like, what had happened to y'all? So, like I said, everyone <laughs> my results, I'd be like, yep, y'all did good and rocked and rolled and won. And then there was a, there was a stretch where they were – Losing some games and soon some games at home. But like I said, it's the early part of the season, so they can always bounce back just like the Durham Bulls, who got off to a very rocky start 
even though they have won the Governor's uh, Cup in the past and have definitely had some great history as a minor league team, even in the recent history, but they were off to a rocky start and maybe they can bounce back as well. So it's, that's the great thing about sports is that if it's a long season, you can still have hope until you get to that point where you look at the record and you are like, you know, 20, 30 games back, then it might be time to start planning for next year. Oh yeah. And, and, you know, I'm watching the USFL now. The uh, New Jersey Generals are actually nine and one. So okay. they, they had a good season. And like I said, about a month and a half, it'll be time for my Ravens. Once it's again. time for your Ravens. And your Ravens going to oh, get, yeah. a, they gonna get a, col- a colon quarterback to be the backup? No, nah, man. Y'all he, can stay, he, he can stay wherever he is. And, you know, like for me, um, and I said it before, he had opted out of his contract. And then all of this other stuff started happening. He's been out of the league for three years. The average NFL contract is from three to five years. Depending on position, it may be shorter than that, especially that of quarterback. So, you know, you've had your time. Your time is over. When um, teams were interested in you, you put up a whole big thing. And then you compared the NFL to slavery. So why would you want to go back to the plantation? I'm just curious. But as far as Baltimore, we passed. We we have two quarterbacks that actually can help us through season. So wow. good luck to him anywhere he decides to go. You know, it, no need to be in Baltimore. Maybe Washington, the commanders might need one. Yeah, the commanders but, might need one, and and yeah, aren't they, aren't they owned by? Uh, no, that's the basketball. Dan, Dan Snyder owns them ever since they were the Redskins, and they complain about him, you know, but he, he can go there or go somewhere else. <laughs> I'm going to circle back as we end this whole show and everything because something we talked about earlier because apparently in an article that just came out, I was just looking it up just now, in the Intelligencer, there is an article saying <clears throat> Juneteenth and America's racial justice backside. So it says that on June 17, 2021, which would have been last year, President Biden signed legislation making Juneteenth a Texas-based commemoration of the last group of slaves learned in learning in 1865 that slavery ended a federal holiday. And then this article says it was an ambivalent accomplishment, represented a tardy response to the racial justice protests of 2020 and the payment of an overdue debt that Biden in particular and Democrats generally owed to black voters. There were already signs that the racial justice summer wave had crested and the holidays embraced by corporations and the federal government would be a hollow gesture. The holidays mix of low risk and low cost has made it an appealing virtue signal, my colleague Zach Cheney Rice argued at the time. So they're wondering about what's going on just with racial justice in general and whether folks are maybe uh, starting to uh, have some other things going on. As a matter of fact, later on in the article, they say that meanwhile, Republicans are zestfully embracing thinly veiled and not so veiled racist messaging. So during Donald Trump's administration, some conservatives supported bipartisan criminal justice reform so strongly that the president felt compelled to sign the First Step Act. Now these Republicans are in full retreat, restoring election integrity, which in the absence of any actual evidence of voter fraud has to be regarded as an effort to make it harder for Democratic-leaning minority groups to vote. 
has become a holy cause for the GOP and the very idea of reckoning with slavery's legacy has come under fire in the ubiquitous Republican assaults on any discussion of racism in public school classrooms. Because definitely the Republicans have been coming very hard. I've even seen that in some of our local commercials against people that might be supporting um, critical race theory and some of the just teaching of history, which is all I really think critical race theory is, is just teaching of history, both the good and the bad, the warts and all in that sense. So the article concludes by saying that there are reasons to fear that despite its venerable meaning and contemporary relevance, Juneteenth is already in danger of being treated like a holiday honoring Martin Luther King is in conservative circles as a vindication of contemporary white benevolence and as a warrant for consigning discussions of slavery and its consequences to the remote past. Those who misremember MLK as a crusader against race consciousness are emulating the whitewash backlash against reconstruction that to an incredible extent negated the emancipation of slaves and kept many of their descendants subjugated for another century. So this is the second Juneteenth federal holiday, and this article was saying that it should be a moment of clarity about the country's capacity to once again betray its ideals in the defense of privilege. Human equality remains a dangerously controversial aspiration, and achieving it will be the work of generations. So they're definitely saying that some of our Republican friends are using not just Juneteenth, but critical race theory as others almost the way that they used um, Willie Horton back in that election. And yes, I just dated myself, but we do know that they tried to play on the fact that he had been let go of and the fact that he was a black man that had been let go of. And then as I recall, I think he might've even committed another crime after the fact, but I have to go back and study my Willie Horton uh, case notes. But I do remember when he was the poster child of that particular election and the reason that a certain person won the presidency. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, I, I, not much you can say on that one. <laughs> not much I can say on that one. Oh, but oh, I did have to ask you one question just quickly on a lighter note. What do you think about this whole little TikTok and other things? It kind of reminds me of Ford when he fell out of the plane, but a lot of people are picking on Biden because he uh survived his little bike fall after his failed backpedaling attempts. I guess maybe he was trying to hang out with his grandkids or something like that and trying to show the nation that he is still, uh, you know, awake and aware and that he's not, unquote, Sleepy Joe and all of that. But falling off your bike probably doesn't help your reputation. You know what? At some point, you're, you are reminding every person is that you're not young anymore. <laughs> and when that day comes, you're not sure what's going to happen, but in his case, fell off that bicycle. Bet you won't try that again. <laughs> Bet you won't try that again. But if you do, then hopefully you don't get hurt. Yeah, and they said he did get hurt. They said he was wearing his helmet and his biker gloves, and he did get up, and he assured onlookers that he was good. He said that he got his foot caught up and all of that. So the White House later blamed the president's bike pedal for the mishap claiming in a statement that his foot got caught on the pedal on the pedal while dismounting and he is fine and no medical attention mm. is needed mm -hmm. and all of that. But like I said, you know, people are going to be making all kinds of TikToks and all kinds of things that will be definitely uh, picking on him for that. I'm sure the comedians are going to have a field day with that, just like they did the time that Ford 
had his misstep coming out of a plane. Mm-hmm. They're going to get him. They're going to get him. They're going to get him. He has no choice. They're going to get him for sure. So I think after a lot of the things that I've heard about in the news based on some family conversations and some other conversations, but as always, another amazing show, hanging out with the amazing Dean and everything. So like I said, I know you've got to rock and roll on your different things, and we've got everything from the yeah. to some of the other things that are coming up in the next couple of weeks. So uh, when's our next scheduled show, and when can the um, folks look for us again? I think we were looking at the 30th, so that'll be next Thursday. That's going to work. Yeah, Thursday, you know, July yeah. works uh, Yep, they, you know, and then then we'll go from there and see what we do for July when it starts getting hot. You bring the month in, your birthday, I take the month out on mine. That's it. We'll see what goes on in July. <laughs> we bring it in and out. If it's June 30th, that'll be the day before my birthday. So we'll bring it in on the day before my birthday and figure out what that'll be all about. And then we'll take it out in some other kind of way. Oh, yeah, we'll do it. So, hey, man, y'all just stay locked in and tuned in. You can find us on the Anchor platform at anchor.com no anchor.fm backslash squared 807 and um from there there also you can click the links to your favorite platforms where we're also on so we look forward to seeing you and uh until next show until next show we might even have some guests we did have some guests that we're looking at coming on and we're still talking to them and everything it was some guests that survived a plane crash unfortunately their pr company and some of the uh other people that are their handlers had a little bit of a uh, conflict and all of that, but they are still interested on in getting on our show. It's just the person okay. that was referring them to us is no longer handling that particular part of their public relations and all, but he did turn us over to the people that are handling it now. And apparently whatever it was, was a amicable disagreement. So he is not opposed to us going after them as well. So, who knows? Maybe that'll be the birthday one, or maybe we'll have some other conversations with them for being in July. And I'm also talking to some other people as well. But yes, we have been approached by folks that want to be on the air with us. And definitely if anybody is listening to us and would like to have a conversation about whatever they're about, whether they're an author, whether they are an entertainer, whether they're an activist, and whether they are just having various other causes that they would like to talk with me and Dean about, we are always open to having those conversations and to join in, the, in those conversations. They can hit me at bluesradio at Gmail. And I'm sure Dean might tell you where they can find him at and everything, but they can also find us on our Facebook webpage and can reach us on that with any inquiries that they may have about getting on this particular show. And don't worry if you think that you have a view that is different than ours. We do not mind having different opinions as well. So like I said, don't feel that you got to come in uh, one, all guns blazing, and two, don't feel that you have to have a uh, statement uh, that is 100% on our side. We will definitely hear what your side is on those issues. And if we have a reason for our disagreement, which I'm sure we would, we would explain it to you. But at the end, we're always about finding amicable solutions and all along those lines. And we do believe that everybody has a right to their own opinions. So, so definitely, even if you are one of those people that thinks that hate crime is not on the rise or that people should be able to uh, wear those helmets on their bike or that uh, Walmart should be able to do whatever they want to with Juneteenth or a number of the other things that we've talked about on this show. Maybe you've got a different view. Let us know. 
come and join us. Have a conversation with us. And if we agree with you, we'll tell you why we agree. If we disagree, we'll tell you why we disagree. But at the end of the day, we'll still be friends. Yep, sure will. So, my friends, we'll see you on the next show. Have a good one now. Enjoy your Juneteenth. Enjoy it. It's Straight Talk with Dean and Mark, now on the Anchor platform. Be sure to catch the replays on the Skyhawk Radio Network. If you miss those, we have replays on Radio Public, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podfollow, Deezer, GeoSaven, and right here on Anchor. We are also part of the Level Podcast Network, where you can catch other exciting shows such as The Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause, The Chef Gang Radio Show, Funk from the Front Seat, Funk Music with Zach, Learning Unwrapped, Let's K-12 Better, Marketing with Russ aka Hashtag Russ Selfie, Mona Shake and the Minority Report, Mullings, Music and Memories with Mark Lee, The Online Dinner Party with Mark Lee, The Plant a Good Seed Podcast, The Reinvention Road Trip, She's on Call, The Just Podcast, The Mark Lee Show, The Spin It Social Hour, Virginia Interfaith Live, On the Couch with Dr. Diamond, Candid Conversations with Dr. Diamond, and of course, Straight Talk with Dean and Mark. Like Dean Geronimo always says, when you walk outside your front door, it's showtime and the world is your stage. Just make sure that people are not watching the rehearsal. On behalf of the sixth man Dean Geronimo and Mark Lee, have an outstanding week and be sure to catch us on the next show.